Welcome to Eurovision Queens! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a podcast exploring and celebrating the glory that is the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Andy, and far too much of my brain is filled with Eurovision facts. And my name's Ryan, a Eurovision basic bitch who's paused Kino so I can record today. Now, just at the start there, we were considering of doing the ASMR version, weren't we? <laughs> yeah. Um, how does that go? <laughs> Welcome to Eurovision Queens. <laughs> Maybe with the pen. Is that doing it for you? <laughs> Probably lost our three listeners, driving them up, up the wall. Rude. So, it's another episode. Episode 7, no less. And we're recording during the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. Now, we're not in Birmingham. We're in Warwick today. The cycling road race is happening here. And it means that there are helicopters <laughs> circling. <laughs> we're not on the run. It makes us feel like a pirate radio station <laughs> yes. that's broadcasting yeah. from someone's basement and they're trying to lock in on the signal. So that's yeah. what's going on. So if you hear helicopters, you are hearing <laughs> helicopters. Yeah. Here comes one now. <laughs> But we're not here to talk about the Commonwealth Games. Oh, God, no. We're not a sports podcast. No, we're absolutely not. We're here to talk about the glorious Eurovision Song Contest. At the start of this episode, have I got time just for some shout-outs to some people on the Twitters? Of course you do. <laughs> Good. Just thought I'd check. We put out a poll on Twitter, um, EuroQueensPod, if you're not already following us, to find out which songs that didn't make it to Eurovision should have done. You know we have our Juice Award, in which we, we celebrate these, these artists. Well, we put um, a poll out, and currently Monument by Kaino is winning. Yay. Yay. But there's still, <laughs> there's still a little time left to vote, but not by the time you listen to this. That'll have been <laughs> ancient history. But we also said, please let us know of any other songs that should be in this Juice Award category and should have gone to Eurovision. And two particular Twitter users were really helpful. We'd just like to thank confirmed friend of the, the show, John Watt 876 John on Twitter, who came up with some ideas. But then there was also Martin, um, a.k.a. Chiff Chat on Twitter, who also came up with a load of different songs. So we've been enjoying trawling through those, haven't we? Yeah, we've had, we've got a rich gold mine of songs that we weren't aware of that we're rapidly falling in love with. Yeah, and we've decided to even cut out the ones that we were <laughs> planning to use. And today, in our Juice Award slot, we've got a song that was recommended by Chiff Chat by Martin. So thank you. If you engage with us on Twitter... We will respond, <laughs> and we will also give you a shout-out. So on with the show. Each episode, we aim to play seven Eurovision songs based on seven different categories. What are the first three? The first three, I'm glad you asked, <laughs> are time-locked to different periods of Eurovision history. We have 2010s to the present day, 90s and noughties, and also 80s and earlier, and that could go right the way back to 56. 56, not 58. All right, I made that one <laughs> mistake in the first episode. I'm not being allowed to forget it. That's fine. Well, I'm basic. You're the one that's supposed to know everything. Oh, sorry, they call any mistake and I'm crucified for it. What are the second three categories? <laughs> the second three will be a UK entry, a bridesmaid slot, which is an act that finished in second place at the Eurovision finale, and the Juice Award, obviously, which we've talked about, which is an act that should have gone to Eurovision. And then, finally, we hand over to the randomizer. What do we call the randomizer? <laughs> I keep calling it a chaos monkey. Yeah, I think that's that's very accurate. 
Yeah. We've had some random old shit. We've had 60s entries. We've had terrible, a terrible entry from 99. And what we've now decided to do is that the randomizer... Tell the, ran- tell the listeners. We've got an ongoing Spotify playlist of all the songs that we have played. And from this point on, whatever the randomizer chooses, we will have the final say whether or not it makes the playlist. Yeah, so for a little while we had on this Spotify playlist, which is otherwise glorious, <laughs> two or three songs which we really do not support or ex- or think they should be there. So we uh, decided we're going to have the final say, as you said. I was finding it hard to do the dishes and then a song would come up and I'd be like, I don't want this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want Dickie Rock on your playlist. <laughs> no, not while he's spitting on people all over the place. Spit on me, Dickie! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's the final song is from the randomizer. So, if you like the sound of all of this, it's time for that familiar Eurovision anthem. So we kick off, like every show, with 2010s to the present day. So who have we got? We've got Sabolta with Hunter of Stars, who represented Switzerland in 2014. Cause tonight I cannot go hunting for stars, no, no 
So that was Sabalta with Hunter of Stars. What did you think, Ryan? I really like that song, but watching back the performance, I'm just not as into it as I am the actual song. Yeah. There's this, the performance on stage just doesn't quite connect to the song. And I guess maybe a big chunk of that is because the whistling will obviously be mimed. Right. So... I'm just thinking about that, though, because you asked me that while we were watching it back, and I'm thinking, I'm not sure it can be, because hasn't it got to be all live? Because you don't... How much of it is a backing track, and how much of it has all got to be performed at the time? I get confused. They have a backing track, don't they? But it's just, like, how much can be part of that? Yeah, they have a backing track, and I... Maybe only recently they've changed the rulings that there could be backing vocals were oh, on right. the track. Okay. So, so you think the whistling's on the track? I feel the whistling is too clean. If if he's that good of a whistler, then <laughs> that's brilliant. But if the whistling's mimed, there's a big chunk of that that isn't a markable performance. Okay. So what place do you think this came in 2014? Or do you already know? I don't already know. I just know I like the song. Mm. So I'm going to say top eight. Top eight? <laughs> yeah. Gosh. We actually finished 13th, oh. which isn't that high, is it? No. But um, halfway through the field with 64 points. I remember it from the night. I remember thinking it was a good one. I liked it. But then it chimes with my folk vibe. <laughs> Although I was just saying, I was having, having a bit of um, a reaction to the violin because I've just been at two folk festivals this summer and I'm kind of a bit folked out. <laughs> Can you say folked out? Folked out. <laughs> you can if you've got your teeth in. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was Sabalta. Sebastiano Paolesi is his full name. Sabalta is his um his name, a sort of contraction, stylized version of his name. He's a Swiss singer, fiddler, and an attorney. He actually stopped being a business lawyer to perform at Eurovision. Wow. Yeah. So, Hunter of Stars was released as part of his debut studio album, Day of Glory, which also included another single, I imagine that charted in Switzerland, called Saturday. But he's now gone back to being a lawyer. He's left the music behind him. Oh no, it probably pays better. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. We need to talk about what they were wearing and their stagecraft. Yeah, so they, they were wearing waiter attire. As in a white shirt with a black waistcoat over the top and black yeah. trousers. And I guess they were probably wearing sneakers. Yeah, they absolutely were. It was that sort <laughs> of um, slight David Tennant Doctor Who slight sort of feel. Mm, yeah, that. Ish. Um, he had stubble and his a, bit, a little bit curly hair. Was it curly? I think. Not unattractive. Mm-hmm. And there was, yeah, four, four backing players. And they're not just dancers. Or they were, no, they, they were players, weren't yeah, they? they, they were one like of them a, had a drum, one of yeah. them had the banjo. tambourine. Banjo, banjo and tambourine. Yeah. I like a bit of tambourine action. I was here <laughs> for that. And there was a really nice bit with the sparkling fountain of light coming down during the performance, which made me realise, ah, this is the uh, Conchita one, because <laughs> it was clearly the same <laughs> staging as 2014. Yeah. Yes, because it was 2014. Because it was 2014. <laughs> yeah. So that was our 2010s to present day. So where are we going next? Next off is 90s and noughties. What we got? We have got a song that I remember so well from the summer of 2001 for reasons I shall explain shortly. <laughs> and this is I Would Die For You by Antique. I 
So that was I Would Die For You by Antique. Yes. Representing Greece in 2001. That was, to every, you know, slightly knowledgeable Eurovision fan, obviously Helena Paparizzo's first Eurovision. Ah. Helena Paparizzo going on, of course, in 2005 to win the whole darn thing with my number one for Greece. Yeah, Eurovision legend, a Eurovision queen, no less. <laughs> a, a proper certified Eurovision queen. Yeah, of course. Exactly. Yeah. And we're Eurovision queens, but our <laughs> certification has not yet come through the post, has it? No. No. Self-appointed. <laughs> yes. So what do you think of that performance? It was a weird one. It was weird because like, you, well, you, you said as we were watching it that that was only the second year that they had the stadium. Big stadium. Big, big stadium. Yeah. And that was a big stadium. Yeah. And the stage was huge and the lighting rig above them was absolutely massive. Yeah. Like the host country was definitely showing off like what they had there. Yeah. But, in terms, of, yeah, but yeah. In, in terms of their performance, mm-hmm. it was fairly stripped back. Yeah, like they, I think it was deliberately stripped back. It was very simple. Yeah, but it was effective. Like, yeah. Do you want to talk about the armography? <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, you just said it. Armo- this is all about the armography. She's wearing, Helena is wearing a white jumpsuit, very spiky sort of cowboy boot sort of things, and a sparkly wide belt. Mm. She's incredibly slim at this point, And yeah, she was obviously enjoying how she looked and had her hair sort of kind of up and... Yeah, it's kind I was, of like almost sixties bewitched hair. I can't describe. Yeah, that. I also think it's a Ariana Grande sort of <sighs> okay, yeah. look. You see, but this is why you're this here. For the, this is why you're here for the modern references. I mentioned <laughs> bewitched from the sixties, and you mentioned Ariana Grande. How embarrassing! <laughs> but I, I'm not even sure if Ariana Grande was born at this point. Probably rude. It's true though, 2001. So we should say that Antique is composed of Helena Paparizzu and Nikos Pangiotidis. And they are both from Sweden, but they are Greek-Swedish. And that is why she went on to represent Greece later on. But I think she's also represented Sweden at Melody Festivalen. So she's flipped between nationalities whenever she gets a chance to be on the old Eurovision. (laughs) So it's almost like she's the Thanos of Eurovision and she's trying to get as many countries as she can. Um, Just like that. (laughs) (laughs) So I said beforehand that I remember this very strongly from the summer of 2001. And that's because we went to Greece or it was either Greece or Crete or Cyprus. It was one of those. And went there in the summer and... The only song that was playing was this one. But occasionally, it wasn't just this one. It was, they'd already turned it into an advert of a cow singing about milk. Oh, my God. And it would go, milk, la, 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 (laughs) milk. Um, If you can find that, I'm going to drop you in it now. If you can find the advert and drop it in. If you can't, you'll just have to cope with the fact that I went, milk, (laughs) la, 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 milk. I can't imagine it being any better than that. but Quite. Let's see if I find it. Exactly. Y a esas pueblos leyete en la gala megalíteres de arqueas. Y a 
εσάς που επιλέγετε ένα γάλα μεγαλύτερης διάρκειας, μιλκ, η ποιότητα δέλτα και στο γάλα υψηλής παστερίωσης. Also famously, this song also sounds incredibly like a UK TV theme from the 80s, Julia Bravo, the cop show about a woman police inspector, which starred Anna Carteret. Very, very like it. So I'm also going to force Ryan to play in a bit of Juliet Bravo here, so you can see the similarity. <laughs> When we were watching it, we started singing the Juliet Bravo theme actually while we were watching it. It's that close. Was that just as it was playing? You're like, oh, I think this is yeah. like this, yeah. and you hadn't heard the song before. No, You've made the connection yeah. straight away. Yeah, yeah, because this is the year where we didn't know the music beforehand. Well, maybe what I'll try and do is blend from one to the other, <gasps> so you can compare oh, and contrast wow. straight away. Let's see how good I'm feeling and in then, the edit. And then you'll realise that... Then I'll like be cursing myself. Yeah, yeah, I wish I'd never said that. Yeah. But yeah, 2001, the second big stadium year. Everyone looks a bit lost on the stage. We had Lindsay Drakas last time, and this time Antique. Mm. And I almost forgot. How well do you think it did? Oh, um, I feel like that would be an eighth place as well. Oh. I'm, I'm going to be obsessed with eighth place this episode, It sounds I think. like it. Even though it's the seventh episode. <laughs> No, this was one of the hot contenders on the night. It got loads of points. It was actually third. Nice. Yeah, cool. Third place for Antique with I Would Die For You. So we're going back in time now, 50s to 80s. Who have we got, Ryan? We've got Corolla with Framling, who represented Sweden in 1983. <laughs> Yeah. 
Okay, so what did we think of Framling by Carola? Before we say anything else, I should not say Carola. I should say Carola. <laughs> I have lots of Swedish friends now, having worked in Stockholm and around the country. And I'm immediately corrected if ever I mention her. And she comes up more than you'd think in Sweden. <laughs> you have to say Carola. I'd imagine she's, she's a Swedish institution. She absolutely is. Carola Hagfist, who has represented Sweden no less than three times in Eurovision. Three. Wow. Count them. That's got to be a record, hasn't it? I think it must be. I mean, I can only think of bloody Johnny Logan, who, by the way, we will never <laughs> play on the podcast. I mean, there must be others, but um, Charlotte Pirelli, well, she's performed twice. She did that third one didn't get in there. Yeah, but, but to um, actually have gone three times yeah, must absolutely. be a... Yes. So, yeah. what did you think of that song? So, I don't know it, but I really enjoyed it, and I'm going to go really deep on like my old media studies vibe. Ooh. And... The thing that really struck me was as soon as the song started, the camera stayed on her for the whole first verse up into the chorus. Yeah. So I think that like she connects with the camera really well, yeah. but is also performing. But there's a she's maintaining eye contact, mm-hmm. and I think something like that really connects you to the performer straight away. Yeah. So obviously this wasn't a arena performance, but in that moment you're like, I can see what you're doing. I'm confident with your performance. I'm going to go along with you with this. Yeah. And it, I think th- just that little bonding moment yeah. really cements it as a, like, I've got confidence in you. Mm-hmm. Do you agree yeah. with that? Let me tell you something that's going to surprise you here, Ryan. Uh-oh. I've never heard that song before or seen <gasps> it. So, I mean, I watched that contest when I was 11, but I don't remember that performance. Mm. Um, wow. I didn't know what to expect because I love a Corolla song. That felt very much like 70s, 80s cabaret to me. It didn't feel like a, a pop song in the same way of her other songs, so I was quite surprised. Yeah. I think I know more of the name of it, Framling, because it's the name of her solo album, which is, I think, the most successful Swedish album of all time. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Released in 83. Has some other songs on it, particularly one that um, we were introduced to... Last year. Last year. Tell that story, Ryan. <laughs> We were putting a Spotify playlist together for going to the archipelago, having a weekend away in a cabin. Yeah, just off the east of Stockholm, yeah. So before we went, we had dinner with Victor and Marlin, some friends of ours in Stockholm. And they said, if you're putting a playlist together and you're going with Swedes, which we were, we were going with Anna, Annalie and Linda, that you must have this song on it. And it was a Carola song. (laughs) Um, was it not? Yes. And uh, we liked that immediately, didn't we? It was, yeah, it was instantly. I can't remember what the song was called, though. Well, the song was called Sag Mig Var Du Star, which means Why Tell Me Why. Originally popularised by a Danish singer, but really very much a Swedish classic. But what we didn't know until we researched this podcast is that this is a kind of a newish thing again in Sweden, isn't it? It's kind of a, a new... It had thing. a resurgence yeah. in the early noughties. Yeah. Like, millennials got behind it. Yeah. I can't think of what an English equivalent would be. Yeah, I have no idea. But there's one of those sort of songs that you pick back from the past and you're like, let's celebrate this now. Yeah. Yeah. So... God, the only one I can think of is, like, the sort of, like, Peter Kay dragging up. Oh, yes. Um, the walking one. Yeah. This is the way to Amarillo. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe something like that. But um, Sagmi Fadi Star, which we're going to play in a bit of shortly, <laughs> is kind of a party song in Sweden. And apparently it's not a party if you don't have this song by Carola. And I can see why. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to play a bit of that in now. Quite a lot, actually, because it takes a while to get going until you get to the sting, until it gets to going. So you're going to play quite a bit in. <laughs> Are you not? Apparently so. Yes. Well done. If not, the whole song. <gasps> Bonus song alert. <laughs> 
should mention the other Corolla songs, Fangad and then Stormwind, which won the contest in 1991, even though she got the same number of points as Amina from France, but she had more 12s. 
And she also did very well with Invincible in 2006. I forget the position. Forgive me. Mm. You look concerned. No, I was just trying to do the math, the quick math to see if she could be in all three of our time locks, <laughs> but she couldn't quite. But that would have been so cool if it was a, if it, oh, I see. Just in 2010s. Yeah. And then she could have had, we could have had a special. <laughs> yeah, well, she could have been 90s to noughties. Oh, no, because, yeah. yeah, the other They would have both been 90s to noughties. Darn it. So if she'd have yes. held off for three more, four more years. Stupid, stupid girl. <laughs> We should talk about what she was wearing on the night in 1983. There's sort of like white trousers with a weird sort of crotch area. There was a sort of hanging... It was like a dagger, but it could have also been a very questionable stain. I know, it was odd, wasn't it? It was odd. (laughs) We both must have questioned it as we were watching it. Because I thought it was going to be something to do with a black t-shirt, a black top, which had... What was that on it? Was it some sort of animal? It's sort of like a mosaic swirl that yeah. went down to the belt. And I thought that was somehow linked in, but I think it was just the 80s and nothing really matched. It was just like, let's randomly have black top, white trousers and sort of pink kitten <laughs> big, heels. And big hair. And big hair, yeah. It wasn't the best look, let's be clear about this. What did you think of the lovely Top of the Pop side-to-side dancing? <laughs> I liked it. Did you? Like I say, I I was sold in the performance and and the song. Like I I knew she was going to do well. Hmm. You know, there was nothing in there that made me worry. And then the, when she got to those big notes, mm-hmm. and they weren't just held notes; they were up and down big mm-hmm. notes. She hit every single one of them out of the park. Yeah. And we've had some people scream on Eurovision, oh, yes, and as soon as they start, you're like, oh, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but not a single one of those happened there. No. There's one thing we've got to talk about that we haven't talked about yet. I realise this Carola section has been quite long, but <laughs> first time she's been on the show. Next time we'll we'll skip over more quickly. Controversy. Ooh, I struggled with the word controversy. Then. Do you want to put your teeth back? Yeah, it's controversy. <laughs> Carola made anti-gay comments in the 2000s. Oh. Well, she said things like, "I can't imagine ever being comfortable with the idea of people being gay and all this sort of stuff." Oh dear. But. She's since completely gone back on that and said, no, this is they were taken out of context and it was wrong and she's very supportive of gay rights and all this stuff. So she's kind of come around on it. And it's it's okay, people can learn, can't mm. they? Yeah. I think it was because she used to be married to a Christian. Oh, sorry, I always say Christian. <laughs> <laughs> she's married to a Christian who she's now divorced from. So maybe that was part of it. Yes, but she, she's okay. She's not been cancelled. We, we, we accept Carola. Good. Warmly. <laughs> <laughs> what position do you think this came in 1983? I want to say this was top three. Oh. Do you want to choose a position? Third. Correct. Yay! <laughs> I think that's the first time you got one right. <laughs> Framling, or presentation in English, by Carola. Carola. <laughs> <laughs> for listening to Eurovision Queens why not come and have a conversation with us on Twitter at EuroQueensPod or if you're on Instagram we're Eurovision Queens where we're uploading lots of very exciting reels on both of those there's also a link in our bio to our Spotify playlist for everything that we've played in the show so far back to the show
you join us after the ad. We're having a bit of a laugh here because because of Ryan's pronunciation of someone's surname, which we'll get to shortly. We have got a UK entry for you now. I love this slot because it's time to celebrate a song that probably didn't ever do as well as I wanted it to do when I was this young Eurovision fan. This is a song that represented the UK in 1994. Who is it? So this is Lonely Symphony by Francis Raffel. Yes, but... Not Ruffle. Yes. (laughs) Is that Francis Ruffle? (laughs) This is very much a bouquet bucket. Very much. Yeah. But Francis is very much Ruffel. So this was her performance in Dublin in 94. Walk into the box Let your secrets out Time for confession so denounce the devil from within no time for aggression don't wait up in vain love has lost its way we live in segregation can't you see the piece of dust that crumbles in your hand is me give me some affection
So that was We Will Be Free, brackets Lonely Symphony. I've always called it just Lonely Symphony, by Francis Raphael. Ryan, what did you make of that? Yeah, I've never heard that before. Have you not? No, I've never heard that before. I quite enjoyed it. I feel like it was a bit of a song of two halves, though. Yeah. So the verses were very um, Tori Amos. Mmm, very Tori Amos. I've never thought of that. You always get these catches. <laughs> like. Correct. And I really liked that part, but the chorus... For the chorus, I I was much more there for the backing vocalists mm-hmm. and their R and B yeah. tempo to it. Yeah. But her those big notes were a little bit piercing. They were, and I think this is a problem, and it's to do with Frances Raffel, and it's it's actually a good problem in a way. She is such a powerful musical theatre performer, and those notes were on point. It's just they were sung a little too strongly because mm. it was really quite piercing, wasn't it? Yeah, because I mean, at, at the beginning, you could see that the microphone wasn't set at the right level, so they kind of turned her up right. mid, midway yeah. through the first line. Right. Right, okay. So maybe it was that sort of thing. Yeah. But I also just, I felt like the chorus was a bit too plain. Mm-hmm. Whereas the verses, like the, the business end of that song was in the verses. Yeah. And they, they were much more engaging and cool. What about her outfit? Oh, she, so she's got a little bit of a pixie warrior crown yeah. with leaves on yeah. and tucked into her curly hair. Yeah. And then a very, like a, what, a velvet, yeah. very long dress. It's very pixie Bur- of the forest. Yeah, burgundy dress. And I think I think it has a big white bow at the back. I think um, her off sewing bee would like it. What's she called off the sewing bee? Esme? Esme, yeah, she'd Esme. love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you had the three backing singers who were in black with very strong R&B vibe. So, yeah, I've got a lot to say about this. Okay, um, go for it. Yeah. So what we should say most, first of all, is that Frances Raphael is like one of the UK's major musical theatre stars. And she has won awards for musical theatre, most notably a Tony Award in 1987 for her performance as Eponine in Les Miserables. She is most ah. famous for singing On My Own. She was the person who originated that. Ah, okay. That song. No, On My Own? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So that's what she's best known for. So she must hate it when people search her on Google or on YouTube like we just did and it comes up with Eurovision. <laughs> because she's, she's Eponine, basically. So this was a period in Eurovision history in the UK, Song for Europe history, which was really interesting because it was three years when they were like, we are wanting to win Eurovision again. Mm-hmm. Because it's 10 years since we won with Books Fizz. So what we're going to do is we're going to, each year, they tried with someone with a really strong voice, who two of the musical theatre stars, Mm. and we're going to win with one of these. So you had Michael Ball Mm -hmm. in 92, who came second. You had Sonia. I know it's Sonia. Yeah, but it's Sonia. Strong voice, strong voice, Sonia, who came second in 1993. Mm -hmm. Third attempt at just actually choosing someone was this year, Francis Raphael. Each of these years in the Song for Europe final, they sang all the songs. They sang eight songs each. And then the viewers had to decide which of the eight songs they sang would go forward. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So the performer had been locked in, but the song hadn't. Yeah. And they sang eight songs on the night. They must have been bloody exhausted. (laughs) Yeah, exhausted. And I remember that Francis Raphael was really relieved that this one won because all the other songs were quite Eurovisiony and quite poppy and this was the right. most interesting song of the eight. Okay. So she was surprised and I was surprised that the UK felt like it got it right and they chose something a bit alternative. Yeah. Yeah. But that leads to the question, did they get it right? What position did this come, Ryan? Well, I know it didn't come first. No. Maybe this one is the one that comes eighth. I feel like something comes eighth today. <laughs> This is, a, this is a narrative that yeah, you're trying to... Yeah, I'm sticking with it. You're not far off. It was 10th. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, which is... For a Eurovision performance, then, it's not great for us. For a UK entry, so yeah. Especially since we come second and second, just the previous yeah. two years. Yes. So, 
Francis Raphael, We Will Be Free, Lonely Symphony. I heard Emil Lofstrom talking to her um, recently on the Eurovision Legends podcast. And it was really nice that she was talking about it so openly. And she was enjoying the memory of being in Dublin and performing. And yeah, it was, it's a fun podcast. Look it out if you want to find out more about her experience of representing the UK in 94. Do we know what happened with the leafy crown? Yeah, I imagined it was just opened out and that velvet dress was hung on it as a coat hanger for uh, eternity. Yeah. <laughs> Now we're off to our Bridesmaid Award, the award for a second place song that we love. Yeah. This one's a big one. Oh, it's a biggie. <laughs> oh. Oof. I mean, this is the sort of song when you talk to people and they say, oh, yeah, I love Eurovision too. And you think, yeah, you don't know anything. You don't know your Corollas from your Charlotte Pirellis. In this case, they tend to know this song. They might not know the name of the artist. But this is Fuego by Eleni Furrera, representing Cyprus in 2018. <laughs>
So that was Fuego by Eleni Ferreira. Indeed it was, and what a performance. Oh my god. <laughs> At the end there, we just both said, how on earth did she perform that so well in terms of vocals when she was dancing as much as she was? I think, though, the, the really smart performance aspect of that was the verses were very much focused on her vocals. So she wasn't going crazy. Right. Like, at the very beginning, she walks out, she's got the microphone, she's on her own. Mm. She does that whole first verse. Yeah. She's like, Here, look, I'm establishing myself yeah. as a vocalist yeah. before you get absolutely blown away by my hairography. Yeah. <laughs> and that was some proper hairography. Yeah. What can we say about this song? My favourite memory of this song was hearing this song in the distance in a cavern sort of area below oh, yeah. the club at the Secret Garden. And basically we, we heard Fuego, we, it's Fuego, and we ran. We'd gone to the Luz, hadn't yeah. we? And, and we then ran. In going to the Luz, we'd found a back room yeah. with music on. And yeah, they played the tiniest snippet of it this. It was the end of it. It was the end yeah. of it, that's why. And we literally danced to it for about 20 seconds, just mentally. Yeah. And then it stopped and it was like, no, oh, no, I need yeah. off we go. But we have since been other places with it. And I can tell you, as a bold man, I have lived my Fuego fantasy of flipping my hair around. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely have. Every time. I've seen it. <laughs> You're a demon on the dance floor, it has to be said. It's such a strong performance. Deserved second place. It was favourite on the night, by the way. Yeah. In. I can remember watching this one and I loved this, but... I loved Netta because she was more of the outsider weirdo. Yes, yeah, yeah, and yeah, absolutely. And that's what struck a chord with me. Yeah. So even though I loved this, yeah. I was like, well, this is too polished. It's yeah, too yeah. good. Yeah, I, I felt the same. Yeah. And I remember being a little annoyed when it came on towards the end. I was yeah. like, oh, this is so like, good. Oh, here's the popular yeah, girl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We want the weirdo to win. So actually, <laughs> I'm still really pleased that Netta won. Yeah, completely. But, but this is... But Netta, Toy, and Eleni Ferreira's Fuego are Eurovision standards. And now it doesn't matter that they were the same year. I mean, really, we should have had an All-Stars 4 scenario where we had a joint twinner. Joint winners. <laughs> yes, they are Monet Exchange and Trinity the Tuck. Are they not? Yeah. Oh, totally. Which one's which? though oh i don't know cool <laughs> <laughs> don't think we can say decide that no fascinating fact about fuego go for it who was originally scheduled to sing the song and who who in fact sang the demo version oh it's not jennifer lopez again is it <laughs> i only say that because of slow-mo was written for oh, jennifer lopez well, we've already mentioned her in this episode. Helena Paparitsu was originally slated to sing Fuego. Yeah, because she's Greek. She would have sung ah. it for Cyprus. But this is in 2018. She'd have been quite a lot older then, seeing as she won in 2005. But anyway, Helena Paparitsu didn't obviously go on to perform it. But mm. that was the original choice of the person who was going to sing it. Wow. So Interesting fun we've fact. Al- we've already had it earlier in the... Co- it all ties up. It all. We know what we're it doing. Was- and then there's also the current internet rumours that uh, Eleni could be coming back for 2023, but possibly representing Greece. Yeah. So have we found the- a theme for the episode? Because we have Corolla's com- had come back so many times. We've had Helena Paparizzi who came back several times. And now we might have Eleni coming back. So the return of the... Or Eurovision, the return of the... <laughs> I don't know. Second helpings? Second helpings, maybe. Anyway, we shall we shall muse on this. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't talked about our outfit at all. Fiery cat suit. Fiery cat suit. Very open. Yeah. Very cutaway in strategic places. Yes. Skin tight. 
Um, or we haven't talked about ponytail whipping. There was a lot of ponytail whipping going on by our back. So the back and dancers have all got ponytails, and she's got her fiery long curly hair. Curly hair. Yeah. And they're all absolutely throwing it about. Oh, absolutely. They put everything with precision. In. Yes, just like we do in the club. Just exactly like I do with my imaginary. It just looks identical. <laughs> People must be thinking, "Oh, look, it's Eleni with her backing dance." I haven't got the dip and then hip whip. When they come up from that, though, I I'm, feel like I'm, I need that I'm on confident that, that sting. Get, I'm confident you'll get that. I think I need a bit more time with the music video yeah. Yeah, for next time we go out. So, yeah, just I, sh- schedule that time in. Yeah. I do love whenever we go out and we request, if we have to request this, it gets put on almost straight away. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Time to move on to our final song that we choose. That we choose. Yes. Mm. The Juice Award for that song that should have gone to Eurovision. To go to Eurovision. So, what have we got this time around? So the song is Don't Wake Me Up by Tuli Okkonen, who was seeking to represent Finland in 2016 and therefore performed in the Finnish national selection, which is called Uden Musiken Kilpailu. Although Ryan calls it <laughs> Uden Musikulen. <laughs> I Swedish chefed it. <laughs> can, we, can we hear you saying it? Uden Musikulen. <laughs> I love that. And we should say that this song was given to us by Chiff Chaff, a.k.a. Martin, on Twitter. Thank you, Chiff Chaff, for introducing this song to us. Take it away, Tuli Okkonen. You and me, 
So that was Tuli Okunen, who was seeking to represent Finland in 2016. What did we think of that? Oh, I like that. Oh. I like that a lot. I just played it once. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, what a hook. Yeah. I've decided... I know I've got a version of what I think it is similar to in my head, but okay. it, it, let's see if you go with me on this. Yeah. Stay with me? <gasps> Shakespeare's sister. Yeah. yeah. But it's got that really delicate verses. Yeah. And then it has the more powerful... Yeah. Like, I don't think vocally-wise, but the styling yeah, of no, it, I, know I think, is... Because yeah. it's got that very, really plink-plonk-plink-plink. Very plink, light style. Yeah. So we've got two presentations to talk about. We've got the music video, but also her presentation in the final of Uden Musikalin. You had Uden Musikalin in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was wearing a blue prom dress... And very nice red heels. I like those shoes. They were very good. I really appealed. They really appealed to me. Not to wear. Just I thought they were good. Um, and there's lots of really nice lighting. There was sort of like... Um, the cascading, cascading of the, of the sparklers the, again. Yes, exactly. As the song built towards the end. And she sang end. it really confidently, really well. I was thinking we watched the music video and that's brilliant. And then when she performed, it must have been very good. But it was just as strong, just as good. Her voice is amazing. It builds. She mm-hmm. hits that really big note towards the end, showing range. Yeah. You know, all the good stuff. But in the final of the national selection, having got through the semi-final, she was last in the final. And mm. I don't know whether it was the position of the song or what it was, but the winner that year for Finland was Sanja with Sing It Away, which you said was like something else. What did you Flirt say? East Sax. Oh, yes. It's got, it's got a party sax vibe to yeah, it, yeah. which you can understand when you were watching a selection, yeah. then, you know, that would be a good song to get behind. Yeah. But also, when you have only bangers at Eurovision, yeah. a ballad really punches through. Yeah. So, you know, that could have been a really good one because, I mean, what they actually sent didn't do too well. No. <laughs> No, I mean, it, that was 15th in the semi-final. Oh, it didn't even It qualify. didn't even get through to the final. Yeah, so, so we won't be talking about can that we please soon. send Tuli Okunen instead? Can we travel back in time? If you want to vote for Tuli Okunen, <laughs> it's 0700 79056, actual real number. <laughs> I don't think it's too late. I think we can still get her to go. I, I, think, I think we need the disclaimer, if you call, your vote will not be counted, but you will still be charged. Exactly. <laughs> And we'd like to get the hashtag going on Twitter. Tuli to Eurovision. (laughs) If you can spell it. It's two U's, okay? Or just hashtag Tuli. T-U-U-L-I. Let's get that going after this episode. Love for Tuli. We think you should have gone to Eurovision. We think you're amazing. Oh, we haven't talked about the video. (gasps) The video is amazing. There's a lot of... There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in the music video. She arrives at this tower block party, the skyscraper party that's for the higher echelons, high class thing, isn't it? Well, I, I thought it was like some sort of engagement party because yeah. this woman walks over to her and they have a very frosty, like, you know, peck on the cheek yeah. sort of kiss. And they're both like daggers drawn mm. over each other's shoulders. Yes. And it's like, was this someone who she's not happy that they're engaged to like a love interest? And just across from them on a table is an ice sculpture of a person. And she goes over to it. And what was it? Well, the the person's like laid out. It's a very sexualized ice sculpture. And then she locks eyes with it and leans in and someone walks over and does the whole, can you leave the ice sculpture alone, please? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 
Because it does look like she's about to lock into a kiss. And with then, it. then she kind of wanders off. Well, no, because then she holds her drink up to that person, uh-huh. and that person turns into a demon through the yeah through the glass. Through and the then glass. we get these Japanese men who well, are wearing under very yeah, fleshy underwear. Yeah, ring style. Ring the ring, yeah. And they're all climbing over the ice sculpture, and the ice sculpture melts. And licking the ice sculpture. Dirty. So they're allowed to lick the ice sculpture. Yeah, and then she's like, right, I'm taking power here. And she does this moment, oh, and, and, the, and the ice all, and the glass all smashes, yep. shatters. And turns into snow or something. Go and watch the video on YouTube. It's amazing. And I'm guaranteed you'll still be singing, don't wake me <laughs> up, don't wake me up. Chiff Chaff, thank you. Thank you for making our day much brighter. What a brilliant song. Yeah, and that will definitely be all over our Spotify's. Totally, totally. So, we've discovered today that the Finnish public can't be trusted, just like the British <laughs> public. <laughs> Didn't phone that number. Jesus. <laughs> so, that was the Juice Award. Yay. We have one song left. Uh-oh. I'm nervous. What is the last song? We don't know yet. No, we don't. Here we go. Let's hand the episode over to the randomizer. Yes, let's get it all screwed up. So regular listeners to the pod will know this is the time when the randomizer chooses a year between 1956 and 2022. So let's click the buttons. The year is 2000. Wow, have we been there yet this episode? We were 2001. Oh, okay then. 2000. Now I know there's a lovely song (gasps) in 2000 that I really like that I wish was played, but it probably won't be that one. But anyway. Let's see. Yeah. So that year there are 24 songs. So which one is the randomizer going to choose? Are we ready? And we're ready. The randomizer has chosen song number 18. And I'm quite excited about this. It's a very different entry from Sweden. Well, we're going back to Sweden. (laughs) We seem to favour Sweden. We kind of like, it's a boomerang moment. (laughs) This is Roger Pontare with When Spirits Are Calling My Name. Freedom in my 
So that was When Spirits Are Calling My Name by Roger Pantare. What did you think? Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was weird, but good. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we had, you had no idea what to expect. I, I remembered it. Yeah, no. I had no idea. But yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah. So this is kind of a rare thing in Eurovision where there's actually, you know, an attempt to extol local cultural virtues and iconography in a way that's kind of respectful and... I suppose you have a bit of this stuff, but it, it feels very full on. It's not like trying to be too poppy. Mm. This is a bit of a mix of both, isn't it? Yeah. It's traditional with a modern day, well, a modern day of the time twist. Yeah, yeah. So Pantare wore a Sami costume, which is associated with the indigenous population of Lapland, which of course is northern Sweden, but also northern Norway and I think Finland as well, all up at the top there. And on the night, he was accompanied by a Cree Native American dancer, a Thule Inuit and a Norwegian Sami. And yeah, so it's a really great cultural representation. And actually people who are actually those things. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Crucially. Yeah, which is kind of a relief for 2000, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, someone that was doing it right back then. Yeah. <laughs> and we noticed that this must be the Globen, Globe Arena in Stockholm because the, the new arena, what's that called? Friends the Arena. W- wouldn't have existed by then. Yeah. Yeah. So this was in Stockholm because of the win of Charlotte Pirelli in 1999. <laughs> Charlotte Nielsen at the time, she was Pirelli later. Originally performed in Swedish. Original title, Nor Vindana Viskar Mit Namen, which means when the winds whisper my name. But this was changed to when spirits are calling my name for the 2000 final. Mm. Mm. So in keeping with our episode theme, we've just found out that Roger Pontari also represented Sweden in 1994. Yes. So, this so we've got return. another returning artist. That's what we'll call it, returning artist. Returning artist. There we yes. go. The first time placed 13th. Do you know what position they came this time? Any ideas? I think I've seen it. I oh. think it said 18th, didn't it? No, it was 7th. Oh, okay. It was 7th. No, yeah, that's good then. very strong. I mean, obviously the performance was engaging because it was in the home crowd, yeah. so people were going crazy for it. Yeah. No one going crazy more so than the person that was using, that was in control of the smoke machine. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot of fire. It was borderline too much. A lot, a lot of um, dry ice. The other thing that we noticed as soon as it came on was the graphics, wasn't it? Your, oh, your graphic designer. I, as a graphic designer, the font hurt me because it was very much the early noughties, Matrix robotic-y, yeah. sleek vibe that is no longer sleek. No, awful. <laughs> it was the word Sweden that offended you, wasn't it, on the thing? Yeah, it looked like Oblivion from Alton Towers. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, thank you, Randomizer. I think that actually might be the first time I've really enjoyed a Randomizer choice. <laughs> Well, it's the first time the randomizers stuck to the episode theme. Yeah, well done, randomizer. So it's almost like the randomizer's part of the team. Mm, well, let's not go that far. <laughs> but that was certainly enjoyable, listening to Roger singing When Spirits Are Calling My Name. Oh, but more, more importantly, yeah. Yeah. are we putting it on the playlist? Oh, well, I think we have to vote, don't we? So we have so to vote. So we do like a three, two, one, thumbs up, thumbs down, yeah? yeah? Okay. So almost like a rock, paper, scissors, right? <gasps> yeah, well, can we do the tap noises? Yeah, we can do. Three, two, one. <laughs> yes. Yay! So two thumbs up. Yes. <laughs> Is that the first randomizer song that will make it to the playlist? Oh, no, we let the no. Spanish one on. Did we? We, we've gone back and taken a few off. We have. <laughs> so if you're thinking, that song I loved is no longer on the playlist, no one will be thinking yeah, that. Yeah, no. But yes. First officially voted for. Yeah. So there we go. It's been quite a show. Quite a whirlwind. What song did you like the best? Ooh, um, let me think. So the basic pop bitch of me is going to always say Fuego. So actually, I'm going to say Carola. Really? Yeah, because I've not heard that before, and I really enjoyed it. Okay, well, 
Again, I'm kind of thinking Fuego because we just love it in the, <laughs> in the club situation. We've had a few to drink and we're dancing. We don't care. But I am going to choose Tuli Okanen. Ah. Which I really love. Don't wake me up. Can we make this happen, please? Do you think we could even get into the top 20 songs in that Eurovision top 20 thing every month? Can we try to do that? Is that too much? <laughs> on the YouTube video. <laughs> I think just from you playing this one video, maybe. But then does it does it count as a Eurovision song? I don't know. I don't think it does. The helicopters are circling. They've, oh, almost, they've almost found they've us. They've almost found us. <laughs> I think it's time for us to sign off. Yeah. Until next time on Eurovision Queens, I've been Andy. I've been Ryan. Oh, and also our socials. On Twitter, EuroQueensPod. I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> on email eurovisionqueens at gmail.com and on instagram eurovisionqueens that's right please send us your recommendations please engage with us on twitter and most importantly of all please review us on apple podcasts it'd be nice to have some more reviews it helps our algorithm it means that more people will find us and see that it's actually quite a decent podcast until next time bye bye eurovision